Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Jersey Educator Podcast. My name is Jeff Bradbury. And my name is Jim Boyce. And you are listening to the podcast created by NJEA members for NJE members. Thank you so much for making the Jersey Educator your home for your professional development. And Jim, we have a great show for us today. Tell us a little bit about our guest. Thanks, Jeff. We have an amazing show. Uh, Michael Wildermuth is coming on the program. Uh, He is a social studies teacher in the East Brunswick School District. He's here, though, to tell his story about how he received a surprise medical bill uh, from his insurance company, and he did not pay that bill, and he made some phone calls, and he made some friends, and he uh, was successful in getting the bill fully paid. So any of our listeners out there who uh, are also getting their own surprise medical bills, uh, stay stay tuned for Mike's story and his advice. And he has such a great story, and you know, it is you know the the moral of the story today is that this can happen to anybody and and this does unfortunately happen a lot so if you're in the in the uh you know in the position out there where you might have received something that didn't quite belong to you or didn't uh didn't need to come to you in the first place uh, check out the rest of our interview today with Mike it is a it is a great one before we get to our interview though Jim there's some great things happening in the NJA isn't there Oh, there sure is, Jeff. Uh, the, the the early career members across the state who have been networking uh, have ha- have done so much lately. Uh, we had two events on one night a couple weeks ago. Uh, we had a paint night uh, where seventy members came out last week uh, to do to do some painting and and enjoy some refreshments and networking. Uh, there's just so much happening on our on our page on the new NJA.org. Where uh, I'm you go sorry. There, what, what was that, Jim? The, the new? The new NJA.org. Uh, so the, the NJA.org website has been redesigned and relaunched, and it looks very different. So if it's if it's been a while since you checked it out, I would encourage you uh, to go back and uh, give it another look. Uh, it looks totally different and the functionality is is much improved. And we have carved out a section for our early career members. Uh, I believe it is under uh, membership and then scroll down to early career and you'll find uh, summaries of past events and all our upcoming events uh, there, including a trivia night, Jeff, coming up at the Pilsner House and Beer Garden in Hoboken. On March 23rd, uh, some early career members are getting together there and hosting uh, a trivia night. So come out for that with uh, NJA picking up uh, the tab for refreshments uh, and and maybe even a drink or two. And then on the 31st, uh, early career members are are, are uh, getting together far north of the state, Jeff. Jeff, by you in Sparta, New Jersey. They're doing a city crawl in Sparta. Well, they'll be visiting um, three restaurants there and doing some activities at each and just kind of, uh, I think, around a lake called Lake Mohawk. There are a lot of great, great places to eat and hang out and just have a good time. And uh, early career members are getting together there to do some networking and uh, have, have some great refreshments, too. And again, all these events are covered by NJA. So all you need to do is register, and you can do that by uh, visiting the NJA.org website, going to membership, and scrolling down to early career members, Jeff. 
There's, of course, several great things that you can do here as part of the association. I'm looking forward to some of the things coming up over the summertime. Uh, and, Jim, of course, over the fall as the school year comes back, we have our convention that, of course, we're getting ready for even here in the early spring. i got to ask you a silly question, Jim. Did you get any snow this year? Uh, we we every. <laughs> Uh, yes, we got some snow, Jeff. We got a lot of snow over the last couple of days, and it was uh, reminding yep. me of yep. what you can do out there when the snow hits, and you might have those days off. We had two days off this year. Most of us in North Jersey, we had two days off for the the blizzard of 2017. And you know what I did during those two days, Jim? You uh, caught up on all your podcasts, Jeff. I caught up on all my podcasts. And do you know what a great place to find podcasts is, Jim? Uh, wow. I, uh, there's, uh, would it be, uh, would it be, um, would it be iTunes and searching for our show, Jeff? It would be iTunes. You can certainly find this and all of the great shows <laughs> over on iTunes and Stitcher radio. Jim, tell us a little bit about how we do that. Oh, sure. Jeff, just, uh, go to iTunes, do a search for Jersey educator. We come right up. I think Jeff, this is our 29th show, I believe. Somewhere uh, in there. Yeah, so a lot of great uh, hours and hours of professional development here uh, on Jersey Educator, all types of guests and topics. And uh, you can also find us on Google Play and Stitcher. And our podcast lives online at uh, nja.org slash podcast, Jeff. Now, of course, you might be listening to this as your first uh, episode into the Jersey Educator podcast. We like to keep our, our episodes around 30 minutes, 45 minutes or so, and we like to have guests on. So if you are a fantastic uh, member of the NJA and you like to be featured on our show, uh, Jim, how does somebody get a hold of us to, uh, to come on and tell their story and to share the great things happening in their classrooms or school buildings? Sure, Jeff. Uh, you can send us an email to podcast at njea.org, or you can find either Jeff and I on Facebook or Twitter and just send us a message. Jim, tell us a little bit about our guest today. Jeff, with us on the show uh, today is a 16-year veteran social studies teacher uh, at East Brunswick High School. He also does a lot of things with his local education association as well as NJA. Uh, he's here to tell uh, his story about receiving a surprise medical bill uh, and what he decided to do about it. Uh, please welcome to the show, Michael Wildermuth. Hello, Mike. Hello, gentlemen. Mike, thanks so much for coming on the show today. This is, of course, a, a very uh, important topic for everybody to learn about. I can certainly remember... You know, going through the process when my when my babies were born and in the NICU, how we would occasionally get an envelope that says we owe tens of millions of dollars for being, uh, you know, premature triplets in the NICU there. What what advice do you have and what kind of topics can we be thinking about when it comes time for getting those bills, um, asking us for large amounts of money that we're not supposed to be dealing with? Well, I think my, my very first thing I'd have to say is don't accept that bill that's being sent to you, if you feel that it's not a legitimate bill. I'm amazed how many people I've spoken to uh, since this has happened to me. And they said, oh yeah, you know, I, I got a bill for 45, you know, $50, whatever. And they figured that it was, it was just legitimate. And so they paid it, even though it wasn't a legitimate bill that was actually being incurred. How do you know if it's a legitimate bill? And I mean, obviously, look, if you get something that has a couple commas in it, that's something kind of slipped through the cracks there. But OK, let's say you do get that $20, $50, $75 bill and you're thinking, oh, OK, what do you do? I think it's really important to be familiar with what your medical benefits are. 
you know, especially in recent years now that, uh, you know, as a teacher, I've had to pay so much more out of pocket for my uh, health insurance. You know, last year I paid over $7,000 out of my paycheck uh, towards my policy. I think it's just really important to be familiar with, you know, what are your in-network benefits? What are your out-of-network benefits? Who's in-network? And making sure that when you are going to a provider, uh, that they are in your network at that time that you see them. You know, Jim, this is certainly a, a hot topic. And, you know, one more time, I just want to say, Jim, anybody out there who's looking for more information, Jim, I, I'm sure that NJEA has a, as a, a resource out there that they can reach on these topics. Jim, is there anybody that people out there can go to for help? Absolutely, Jeff. You know, your local association president is a great place to start. Your local association president uh, is familiar uh, because he or she has most likely negotiated those uh health insurance benefits with the Board of Education and can speak directly to, you know, what our members should and should not be paying. And then uh, if the local association president does not know, NJA is only a phone call away and the Uniserv uh, field rep uh, can, uh, can step in and help out too. So um, knowing who your local association president is, is a really uh, great first place to start, Jeff. And uh, Mike, before we really dive into this, because, you know, we, we've got a lot of questions to talk about. Tell us a little bit more about what you do during the day. And really, I'm curious, how did you get uh, how did you get into this topic and how did this become something that's a passion of yours? Well, I mean, I, I'm, a, I'm a teacher. I'm a social studies teacher. 16 years. I teach at East Brunswick High School. And, you know, I, I actually be, became involved in this issue, not by choice, but because I was a victim of an out of network bill. Uh, that was incurred at an in-network provider. And I'm the type of person, you know, people who know me, <laughs> that they're not surprised that I did this. You know, I I'll stand up for, for my rights. You know, I, I will make those calls. I will follow up on people and you know, I'll do my research and, you know, make sure that uh, the laws are on my side and, and, and actually use the system uh, the way it's meant to be used to protect my rights. So, so, Mike, you said the system there, and I'm all over that. We've we, we dove into systems on the show in the past, and uh, we typically talk about the education system, which, uh, as NJA members, we're all a part of. But we're also all a part of this other big, huge, looming system, uh, the U.S. health insurance and healthcare uh, industry, really. And um, you... Uh, I'm very inspired by that, that, that you, you know, are not going to simply accept the bill. You're going to say, hold on a second. I'm going to make some calls. I'm going to figure this out. And, and it's also something that's very frustrating to many people because, you know, we, everyone doesn't have a whole bunch of time on their hands. And, you know, I found myself just, you know, getting stuck in loops at certain point where you're just being referred, referred, referred and, and put on hold. And, I mean, it drives a, a person batty. So, so Mike, why don't you tell us, if you wouldn't mind, I, I know there is an NJ.com story that was done about you um, back in October of 2016 that I, I will link to in the show notes. But for our, our listeners here, uh, why don't you just kind of share with us a little bit about what happened? So I actually uh, became really involved with this issue. Uh, beginning, believe it or not, back in 2015. Hmm. And uh, my wife, who was pregnant with our second child, uh, went to her in-network provider, her OBGYN. And, 
she was asked by her doctor whether or not she wanted to get a genetic test done. Now, mind you, this is my second child. She had done this before for her first child at the same OBGYN. And, and she said, yeah, absolutely. I mean, she was 37 years old at the time. And, you know, that there are, uh, you know, increased risks there uh, for genetic issues. So, you know, th that was that. She went to a, then an in-network lab. It was a satellite lab of Mammoth Medical Center. Um, right next door to her OBGYN, where she had gone before, and she had some blood drawn. And that was the last I heard about it until I received an EOB uh, from my health insurance company uh, saying that it was out of network and the cost of the overall tests was $5,680. And since it was out of network, the way my policy works, it's an 80-20 share. So I was on the hook for $1,520. And now this was going to an in-network lab referred by an in-network doctor. And suddenly, um, here I am getting an EOB saying that I'm going to owe $1,520. And shortly after that, the bill came from a lab in California called Natera, uh, who uh, took the pleasure of processing my wife's blood. And they are billing me $1,520. So that's really where all of this started for me. And, you know, like I said, I, I started uh, following up uh, on this issue. So I, I can only imagine. And you know what? We, we've all been there. It seems like it's a part of life now that, you, you know, a, a lot of our listeners um, are early in their careers and, uh, you know, are in uh, hopefully good health at that age. But, but once you get into your late 30s, into your 40s, you start to use your insurances more and then um, it's only a matter of time before you get hit with your first bill. And uh, this bill, for you, uh, that is quite a lot of money, $1,520. Um, you know, and, you know, I've, I could speak to similar bills that my wife and I have gotten. And I'm sure Jeff with his triplets uh, could probably blow us all uh, out of the water. But, um, you know, it's just it's so frustrating to to, uh, to to get this surprise, right, Mike? That this surprise just appears in the mail one day and, and you have no idea it's coming, right? Isn't it amazing? I mean, in what other industry do you have care done and only after the fact find out that, oh, it, it, it's, it's 10 times more, 100 times more than I thought it was going to cost, that you don't have any kind of pricing up front like this? I can't think of any other examples, really, in, in our economy where this happens. It's uh, yes. And I, I certainly can either. And so I'm, I'm picturing you with the bill in your hand. And what what do you do uh, at that point, Mike? Well, I mean, what did I do right at the very beginning? What most people do. I called up my uh, provider, uh, which is Horizon Blue Cross Blue Shield. Uh, and they essentially said to me that I should have gone to LabCorp and it was out of network and there's really nothing that could be done. I went to then the OBGYN and, and spoke with them since, again, this was an in-network provider. And they uh, gave me information to uh, they had a person within their uh, practice who was a liaison to this Natera lab. And for over the course of about two months, I just went in this loop now between the OBGYN and, and bounced around with their uh, representatives that they have with this uh, lab. Just message, 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 no follow-ups. Uh, essentially, 
then I did call the lab, Natera, and they said that they, they were very quick to say, oh, well, we can settle with you. Uh, we'll just take $100. Uh, just give us your credit card number. They, they want to get it done with just like that. And, and this is like what I was saying before. Like, I think the average person would say, you know what? I've invested this time already. Um, you know what? $100, that's great. That's a $1,420 discount. And, you know, I mean, I teach psychology. And, yeah, I, I mean, that's, uh, you know, the door-in-the-face persuasion right there. That, that oh, you know, if you look at it as a $1,420 discount, oh, paying $100 isn't that bad. So my uh, my board actually has a um, a company that actually helps us negotiate um, medical problems, uh, you know, through uh, Prudential, and I actually engaged them at this point. Uh, now we're in in um, late November of 2015, and she even started getting stuck into the same loops that I was. So what I what I eventually did because I, I was still going to fight this. But I'm still getting $1,520 bills in the mail from the terrace. So I said, you know what? Let me just pay them $100. So I did that in January. So now I'm at least fighting over $100 instead of $1,500 and possibly hurting my credit. Right. I, I was going to say that about the credit because as as you let these – because I've, I've done this too. As you fight these bills and they hang out there after about five or six months, uh, it will ding your credit. So good, good. So, so I figured that was the good strategic move to, move to do. And so uh, this was now January 2016, where I actually you know, paid them $100. I, I still had um, a representative um, from uh, the our consultants uh, that, that my board employs uh, helping me on this. And she said that she'd follow up afterward and get me my $100. But I figured that would be less to deal with at that point. It was a good strategic move to make it a $100 thing. Nice. Um, nice. So, so this was January. So um, the, the, the representative at this uh, at this consultant company, I'm trying to think what it's called now. I think Gallagher, Gorman, and Young. And yeah, she, and, uh, and our listeners out there, if you're involved with some bills and want to ask your board of education if they have a similar uh, thing, I believe they're called advocacy firms or ad advocates. Yeah, um, and, and quite frankly, they've been a great resource in the past, uh, having having these people engaged when you don't get anywhere with your actual insurance company. And it was interesting because, I mean, I mean, this woman who helped me, Rita Mitchell, I mean, she's an expert at this. She's been doing this for years. She's resolved, you know, hundreds of issues for, for my members of my association over the years. And she was even stumped. She, she could not believe that she kept on getting stuck in this loop between these companies. And so now we're going, it, it, it's February, March, April, May. You know, I, I, I'm a teacher. I got a lot going on. You, you know, you take your work home. So I figured, you know what? I'm going to start following up this more during the summertime where I have more time on my hands. And that's when I actually said, you know what? I'm going to start getting the state involved with this one uh, because I kept on following up with Rita. She was really getting nowhere. Um, it, it ended with her saying that I need to call, you know, this this person with Natera. And I look back at my notes. It's someone I was talking to back in November of 2016, uh, 15. So I, I said, that's it. I'm going to start getting the state involved. And nice, so I, nice. I actually received Consumer Reports magazine. 
And in the spring of 2016, they did a story about this and, and what you can do to, to deal with surprise medical bills. And they had a, a link on there to, to a database and you could put in your state and they would give you uh, the information for the state agency that would deal with claims like this. And so it's through them that I reached out to, all right, wait for it, the Department of Banking and Insurance Division of Insurance Consumer Protection Services. Ooh. So there's a real look at um, a, uh, an organization there, a wow. part of the state that many people uh, you know, may not be aware of. But I, I had a, um, I, I, I called them up. I asked, you know what, just gave them a, a brief synopsis. You know, is this something you guys uh, would deal with? They said, absolutely, submit it online. I, uh, I submitted it. It was a web form. It took me about 20 minutes, and they had an agent assigned to my case uh, within 12 hours. Yeah, I mean, wow. it, it was very wow. quick. And uh, yeah, wow. shout out to her, Donna Lout. Um, she, she was a great advocate for me. And I felt that, you know, having the state of New Jersey on my side definitely helped my case. And so Donna actually uh, spoke with Horizon Blue Cross Blue Shield, who was my health insurance provider. And what, what she had found out was that um, Natera actually accepted a settlement rate from Horizon Blue Cross Blue Shield. And the, the, the proper payment was not made to Natera. And so Natera then came after me. So the state actually said that Prudential has to pay Natera more money. And then once Natera received their money from Prudential, Natera would give me my $100 refund. So I actually got a, a, a result letter um, on stationery from the state of New Jersey saying that uh, Horizon advised us that their out-of-network team negotiated an agreed-upon payment for the services received by your wife to pay at $7,200. They only paid, however, $5,680. And so Natera, since they were shortchanged by Horizon, went after me for the balance. So what they said is that Horizon has to pay Natera, and then Natera will pay me my $100 that I gave them back in January. Right, right, Be because, because of the agreement that you're your local association and board of education negotiate with Horizon Blue Cross Blue Shield. Um, the 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 uh, the the third party, Natera, can't come after you for the balance on that because it's been negotiated by all the parties, right? It's a, they're saying that it was it was negotiated between the out of network team within Prudential. And Natera, you know, it's all this haggling that goes on behind the scenes between these insurance companies and providers that, you know, it, it, you and I, as the average consumer, we don't even get to see these things, you know, that yeah. are going on. Right, right. But but I have seen uh, EOBs, which uh, estimation of benefits where a, a doctor, for example, will bill my medical insurance for X amount. But because of the agreement uh, with with the uh, insurance company will only get a certain amount of that. Right. So, so at that point, the doctor's not allowed to come to me and say, give me the rest. Right. But the way that usually works, though, right. you know, it, that's that's how it works with in-network providers. You know, they have those agreed upon rates and that's that. When you get out of network, then it gets a lot more dicey. Sure. So they kind of do yep. it on case-by-case -case yep. basis. Yeah. So 
so this was great. So so after a year of fighting this, what did I what did I do? I essentially got Natara another one thousand five hundred and twenty dollars. Oh, by the way, they were also supposed to pay Natara with interest. So boy, you're welcome, huh? So all the work that I do, uh, Natara gets extra money, and then after Natara gets their money with interest, I can then get my hundred dollars. So guess what happened? You never got it. Uh, not only that, <laughs> not only did I not get my $100 from Natara after they've received an extra $1,500 because of my work, they sent me a bill for $699.68. For for what? Uh, they essentially now were, were balance billing me from the original amount and then the amount that the Horizon actually paid. So, right. and, and, and so that's that, the thanks I get for, for doing all that work for them. They want another $700 from me. Right. And, and balance billing is the term I was, I was uh, trying to grasp earlier when I said that that doctor can't come after you for the difference or the balance. Um, that is known as balance billing, which they tried to come after you to do again. So, so what, what happened then? <laughs> this is, so, so at this point now, um, I had to wait for, um, you know, a, a few days, obviously, because when um, when Donna sent me that letter from the state of New Jersey, I had to allow 30 days for the processing to take place. So I waited for okay. that 30 days, got my bill. I contact Donna again, and um, it, it, I felt like it was back to square one with Natara. They had no record of me supposed to of me having to get one hundred dollars. Um, they, they said that they weren't authorized to make a payment like that to me, any kind of refund. Uh, they kept on saying that they had to speak with a supervisor, but she's in a meeting and she's not available at this time. And, and, and it's great. So now I've been dealing with this for over a year. Suddenly, Natera is saying that, uh, because of HIPAA laws, I'm not allowed to discuss this bill with them. Because it's my wife's medical procedure. Okay. okay so, yeah. so, so I actually had my wife put in writing authorizing Donna Lout from the state of New Jersey and, and myself to deal with this medical bill. And so at this point, I was contacted by the um, advocacy arm of, of Consumer Reports. And that's where I, I went to Trenton and spoke in favor of a bill that was uh, in the Senate and the Assembly that would make this kind of kind of thing illegal, that they wouldn't be able to just take your uh, tests and submit them to an out-of-network provider without telling you beforehand. And it's only at that point, uh, believe it or not, where I actually got my $100 back. Um, I, I don't think it was related to any of the publicity that came out of out of that press conference. I, I think that the um, the wheels were already turning at that point. But yes, I am happy to tell you that at the end of October 2016, 14 months after the procedure took place, I finally got my $100 back and I, I had been made whole and I was charged for this test as if it were in network. Wow. So 14 months. But but I want to go back to consumer reports where uh, the press started getting involved and, and the press conference and then eventually you did go before some lawmakers. So... How, how did Consumer Reports find out about this, Mike? So attached to that article um, that I spoke about earlier in Consumer Reports, where I found out that information about the state agencies that can help us, uh, they had a section in there, share your stories. 
And okay. so I gave them a brief synopsis of, you know, what I had spoken about with you. And uh, they reached out to me because this legislation has been sitting in Trenton for years and it has the sponsors. It has plenty of uh, organizations that support it, but it is not getting legs in the Senate or the Assembly. And so they're just trying to to get this um, this this bill posted uh, up for votes in the uh, full Senate and Assembly. And I see here on the NJ.com article, the bill is a. 1952. I don't really see a name for the bill, uh, but but you went to Trenton and you testified in support of this bill, correct? Yeah, uh, yeah. I, it's uh, S1285. I think it's A1982. That's what okay. I had written down at the actual um, press conference. Okay. And um, it, it was called the New Jersey Out of Network Consumer Protection Act. I'm making a note here for the show notes to include that. And and you went up to Trenton and you so so what what was that like being in front of lawmakers and being able to tell your story, which you know you just told us and uh, what a what a what a story with loops, you know, and, and first of all, it starts with uh, the way it starts, right? Where they say, well, you should have gone to this um provider for for the blood work and uh, so so uh, trying to paint you as being in the wrong and making a mistake where you you and your wife did nothing you know so it starts with that it gets into all these loops you eventually find consumer reports and and get get some help at the state level and then you wind up in front of some lawmakers yeah i i mean it was extremely cathartic it felt great to get my story out uh, knowing that there was some media there, that that the lawmakers were there, uh, that that Consumer Reports had actually chosen me as the healthcare consumer that has that just quintessential story that shows what's wrong with the system. And and again, I mean, we my wife went to an in-network lab. Yep. And, yep. and last time I checked, um, y- 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 I'm trying to remember the name of the lab that they told me to go to. LabCorp does not do a specialized test like this. You know, it's not even an option for something like that. So it's just, um, it it was great. You know, it was great to see that there are other um, legislators that care about this, that there are organizations that also see uh, that there's something wrong with this. Um, This is one of the, one of the few things that actually you see that uh, healthcare professionals and unions and, um, business leaders are actually all on the same page. AARP actually had a representative there also uh, at the press conference. Uh, there's only one group that seems to be against this, and, and that's the hospitals. Sure, because because of the reason you said earlier that, you know, a lot of times um, people will get these bills for $40, $50, or $100 and say, okay, you know what, I'll pay that, which is what they want. Um, you know, because it's just money coming in that is, is total income. So, um, so here we are, uh, Mike, it is now, it is now March of 2017 and, and has this bill mo- moved at all, or is it still, uh, there in, in, in the assembly in the Senate? I, I have not heard anything about it moving at all. I think it was referred to committee. I haven't heard anything about it being posted in the full assembly or the Senate for any kind of reading or or, or votes. 
Um, and, and unfortunately, it's just one of those items that seems to have powerful people uh, against it. Uh, there, there are a few key people that just don't seem to let this happen. Uh, Assemblyman uh, Craig Coughlin, when he was speaking at the press conference, said that, you know, it, it's very frustrating that, you know, we're here once again, you know, speaking about this thing that that should be, um, you know, common sense that, that, that we pass something like this to protect consumers uh, from these you know, unexpected and unfair and outrageous bills. Uh, Assemblyman Troy Singleton said something uh, very similar to that, too. So that there is some support there, but the uh, the health insurance lobby is very powerful and a lot of money and donations. I'm sure that um, so we, we haven't heard where the bill is at, but but we'll we'll include that in the show notes, Mike. And Mike, could you just give us again the 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 numbers and and the uh, the letters of the bill in case our listeners want to reach out to their uh, assembly person or senator uh, in the state uh, to, to tell their own story and, and be in support of this bill? I'd love to. That It's S-1285 in the Senate and A-1982 in the Assembly. And, you know, I can't express enough that uh, you, you really do need to call your assembly person, uh, your, your state senators to really share these stories because that's the kind of stuff that matters. And, you know, we really need to uh, you know, stand up for ourselves on this one. I think there are a lot of people out there that are experiencing similar things and that just throw their hands up and say, you know, I, I can't handle this. Let me just pay it so it goes away, because the last thing we need is um, to, to have another headache uh, on our plate. Well, well, Mike, uh, if any of our listeners out there are going through this and would like, you know, maybe just some support from you, someone who's been there, would, would you like to throw your email address out there? Sure. My email address is Mike underscore and then Wilbermuth, W-I-L-D as in dog, E-R, M as in mother, U-T-H at hotmail.com. You know, one thing I do want to say, too, is um, I've had several other of these types of issues pop up with you know, unexpected out-of-network um, charges. And I dealt with them in less than a week. Um, some of them was only one phone call. Uh, it was, it was, I guess, would have been easier to pay the bills for, you know, $100 or $50 or something. But no, you know what? I, I, I called up my provider. I stood up for myself. And, you know, it doesn't have to be something that takes 14 months out of your life. And, and, and the first step there, Mike, is, is so for you, was not to call the bill, the company that sent the bill, but to call your insurance provider. Yes, yes, absolutely. And you need to go into that phone call being familiar with what your benefits are, right? You need to know what you're entitled to because you cannot rely on the insurance company representative knowing what your benefits are. Hey, Mike, if you're in a situation like this, do you need to get representation for yourself or really should the average person be able to handle this with one or two phone calls? I think the average person could definitely handle the phone call um, to the insurance provider. And if they don't get anywhere, that's when you then engage your local association. Now, the East Brunswick Education Association, we actually have a health benefits review committee with a, with a chairwoman uh, that just deals with these kinds of issues as well as our, our Board of Education also has representatives that deal with these kinds of things. But um, I was able to uh, resolve the, those, those latter two issues um, just myself with advocating for myself with these uh, representatives from the insurance company. 
And so I think we should uh, end here, Jim, with the important question. How is your little one? Oh, she's great. She uh, just turned a year old on uh, February 19th and uh, had a little cold. Uh, she's the one I got the cold from, but uh, she's adorable. She's, she's wonderful. Love my Clarissa. You know, Jim, these are these are real stories, and that's why I love doing yes, this show here. These yes, these are yep, real, yep. real educators, real stories, real issues. You've had them. I certainly have had them. Um, and it's it's nice to know that that you know. I don't want to say it's nice to know that other people are having problems too, <laughs> but well, it's, well, it's certainly nice to know that you're not alone when these things are happening. But it's scary to know that you're not alone. That other people are suffering through this too. So, so Mike, uh, on behalf of Jeff, uh, we'd, we'd like, like to thank you for coming on the show and just sharing your story. And, uh, you know, I hope uh, it inspires our listeners out there that when, when we get those bills, you know, it's only a matter of time before they come. Um, you know, don't pay it and pick up the phone and call your provider and stand, stand up for yourself. You're very welcome, gentlemen. And yes, listeners, just fight the fight, right? Don't, don't be victimized by these people. Jim, I got to tell you, Mike was certainly passionate about the story that he went through. And I, I got to tell you, as somebody who's been through not as much, but similar situations where we've received, uh, you know, envelopes that didn't belong to us. It's a scary thing. Absolutely. It, it's, you know, you, 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 you get the mail and, uh, you know, you've, it's, you've been a couple months since seeing the doctor being in for a procedure and, Open up a, a something, and here's a bill for it could be hundreds, or in, in uh, Mike's case, thousands of dollars. And uh, you know, Mike, uh, so inspiring that he did not pay that bill. He picked up the phone and he he worked hard to learn and understand the system, which is our health insurance uh, industry. And he he did win in the end. So so congratulations to Mike. And you know, I just hope our listeners learn from his story and don't accept the, those medical bills when they come, regardless of how much they're for. Sometimes just a phone call can put another $40, $50 back in your pocket where it should be in the first place. So He said it took him 14 months to finish up that journey. And that just kind of reminded me, Jim, you know what else took 14 months to complete? Uh <laughs> Uh, I have a feeling that Jersey Educator's been on for 14 months We've now. been going on for more than 14 months now, Jim, <laughs> and we have 30 great episodes for you to download. Jim, tell us a little bit about where we can find those on our podcatchers. Uh, yes, Jeff. Uh, I, I listen to it on iTunes, so just uh, do a search for Jersey Educator. We come right up. Also find us on Google Play and Stitcher, and our podcast uh, lives online at njea.org slash podcast. And, of course, don't f forget that you can check out everything that's happening here in the Early Career Members. Ask all your questions. Get the news that you need. Get all the help that you need by going to the brand-new njea.org website. It is beautiful. It is gorgeous. And it has all the great information that you need. Jim, I got to say, before we close here, the website looks fantastic. Uh, please send everybody at the, uh, at the offices there a, a big congratulations for launching this amazing amazing new platform. Oh, absolutely, Jeff. We're, we're really proud of it and really excited to, um, you know, see 
So you see more members coming on to check it out and and reading and learning and connecting with each other, too. And, of course, that wraps up this episode of the Jersey Educator Podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it. And, of course, please take a moment and share this podcast with those in your association and in your building. We are here to help and support you. We are the podcast created by NJEA members for NJEA members. And until next time, my name is Jeff Bradbury. And my name is Jim Boyce. Reminding you to keep up the great work in your classrooms and continue sharing your passions in New Jersey. 